Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Okay, buckle up, because we're about to hit some rough seas today. I, last episode, told you I wasn't sure what book I wanted to read, so I went to the bookstore, and me and my husband picked out a bunch of different books, and I decided to start with We Are Liars by E. Lockhart which is a pen name. And I would use a pen name too if I wrote such a monstrosity of a book. So I wanted to go with this book because it didn't have summary in the front cover or the back. And since I didn't say what book I was reading, it was easier because I didn't read the summary. So it's just easier to start with this book so I don't have to worry about it later on. Biggest regret of my life. I hate this book. There are not a lot of books that I genuinely do not like that I really hate. Like normally I will start a book and I'm like this, I'm not really feeling this. Like girl in the picture, I wasn't really feeling that book, but it's enough. Like there's enough to intrigue me to, okay, I'm just going to keep going. I kind of want to figure out what this is or what's going on in this. Yeah. This book, I would have stopped reading long before halfway if it wasn't for this podcast. So just fair warning. I'm not a happy camper about this book. So there's no summary, just reviews. So let's read a couple of the reviews just for funsies. Haunting, sophisticated, twisted, and well-told. Okay, nothing's haunted about this. It is sophisticated, but like in a pretentious way that doesn't make any sense. Twisted, not happening yet, and I'm already over halfway. And well-told, absolutely not. A satisfying, but shocking twist ending. Now, I can't account for that, and there could be a shocking twist ending. I'm not hopeful. And even if there was... I don't think it was worth the whole first half of the book, but I'm hoping that I regret making this podcast being so hard on this book. I hope the ending is that good, but we'll see. Let's see here. An ambitious novel with an engaging voice, a clever plot, and some terrific writing. The writing is not terrific. It's terrible. It's like the worst writing. I think this is my biggest problem. Okay, I'm just going to vent for five seconds before we get into this. One, there's this whole back section that's like bonus content. And it's this is what I sent to my editor to get this approved. There's recipes for smoked salmon and stuff if you have a book club. And the author is a narcissist. I'm sorry. Come for me. My Instagram is at the Jolly Reader podcast if you want to come for me, author. But use your real name so I know who you are. But it's not well written. Like they literally say, I like to work on a deadline. So I submit this and they tell me when the book's read. So I have to rush and throw together this horrible book to get paid. I am not exaggerating. There are literally entire paragraphs that are just like copied and pasted from previous chapters to like reiterate things that don't matter. We'll get into it. I gotta calm down. Also, if you don't believe me that this author is horrible, they kill off two doggos for literally no reason. This author, she's a monster. The other thing that I'm really annoyed about is I'm not going to get to use that cool background music I found for to be like, oh, plot's building, something's happening. Like, I I don't get to use it at all because there's no plot and nothing's building. So I'm going to have to find something in the background. I'm hoping I can find some Three Stooges music or, you know, like the Jeopardy background music. So we'll see what I come up with. It should be interesting. Okay. Things to look forward to. That's sarcasm, in case you couldn't hear it. I can't believe I spent like five minutes venting about this book already. Okay, things to look forward to. A head injury, a summer romance, if you can even call it that, awkward fairy tales, a fire, horrifically graphic, badly written metaphors, and my disappointment. You don't even have to look forward to that. You already know it's here. Okay, so there are 87 chapters in this book, and 
today is going to be chapters one through 58. It's, it's over halfway. I think there's like 250 pages and I went to page 168. I swear if next episode's short and disappointing, I will do like a bonus short episode on I have a book of mini Sherlock Holmes tales and I have an Edgar Allan Poe short tales book. So I'll do a short tales mini bonus episode if next episode is terrible and the plot is terrible. So anyways, there are a ton of chapters and normally I do the page turns between chapters, but that would be super annoying. The chapters are only like a page and a half. So we're going to go by every five chapters. So that's how I'm going to break it up. And I have yet to decide about this bonus content. We might just talk about it for humor purposes. Okay. Six minutes in. Let's get started. Okay, so before the chapters start, there is a map, hand-drawn map of Beechwood Island. So since there wasn't a summary, I'll give you a general summary. There's this rich white family, and there's the grandma and grandpa, and they own this island, and they have three daughters, and they built three houses on the island for each of their daughters, and all the daughters have kids. And... So it's like kind of near Martha's Vineyard. There's no self-service. They have to go to like a special place for internet. But anyways, they all go there all summer. The main character's name is Cadence, but everyone calls her Katie, C-A-D-Y. And I want to say Caddy. And all I can think of is Mean Girls because that's what she goes by and everyone mispronounces it. So it may be Katie. It may be Caddy. She also has a cousin named Mirren. And all I want to say is Mira because my daughter watches Mira, the royal detective. So you guys know how I am about names. We'll just kind of see how it all pans out. But anyway, so the main character who we're hearing her perspective is Cadence and she hangs out with her cousins on this island in the summer and stuff happens. So let's get into it. Part one is called Welcome. Chapters one through five. Let's do it. So it's a super weird start. And it's just Cadence talking about how Sinclair is their last name. So how the Sinclairs aren't criminals, aren't addicts, aren't failures. But then she goes on to describe things in their family about them being those things like unpaid credit card bills, pill bottles, etc. Then she says, one is desperately in love and equally desperate measures must be taken, which I had high hopes for this, but it hasn't panned out so far. And then she says, all you need to know is they live on a private island in the summer, which is basically what I already told you. Then in my notes, it says, this book is weird. I already don't like it. So she tries to make a pun about suffering, like the definition of suffering. It's really stupid. She introduces herself. Her name is Cadence Sinclair Eastman, and she's almost 18. But the timeline jumps around between her being 18 and her being, I think, like 15 on the island. All she says about herself, she has a used library card. She's had blonde hair and it's now black. She suffers migraines since her accident. You guys think I was hard on the accident for boring Nicole in the first book? Uh, No, I would read about boring Nicole falling off a cliff 10 times before I'd read this book again. Okay. The story starts before her accident in June, the summer she was 15, and they do this stupid thing and they call it summer 15, summer 16, who cares? So just so you can keep up with the timeline. She talks about her dad being a professor of military. She talks about how much her dad loved their family because he didn't like dogs and he didn't like his in-laws, but he always went up every summer to see his in-laws and they have five dogs. And also, just a heads up, she calls her mom mummy. Like, oh, mummy. And I hate it. It makes me super uncomfortable. So I'm either going to call her mom or mom. It's not going to be mummy. So if you read this book, that's why I'm doing it. I hate every second of it. Okay. She talks about one day her dad decides to leave the family for someone else. And he said he wasn't a Sinclair and he couldn't pretend to be one any longer. So he packed his car and he's leaving and he pulls out a handgun and he shoots her in the chest. 
And it's like excruciating detail. There's blood everywhere. Her heart falling out of her body. It's literally just a bad metaphor. Her mom's like, get up and act normal. Like she's talking about how that's how it felt like she was being shot in the chest. But the way the author writes it, you really think she was shot in the chest. It took me forever to figure out and it was really stupid. And there's so many of these metaphors and I hate every second of it. And you're going to hear me say that probably 15 times in this podcast. (sighs) I got to take a deep breath. Getting worked up and we're like 10 minutes in. Okay, so her mom tells her to get it together. And then her and her mom still, like, all the parents' stuff they had together, their wedding china and stuff. And the mom asked her dad, the grandpa, to secure her assets. And they packed up and they went to this Beechwood Island, which is the island that the grandparents own. The grandparents are Tipper and Harris. Tipper's the grandma. And they have three daughters, Penny, Carrie, and Bess. And I'm pretty sure the mom, Cadence mom, is Penny. So they said that the Grandparents' favorites are Carrie, Penny, Beth, then Carrie again. They built houses for them on a private island. Windermere is Penny's, Redgate is Carrie's, and Cuddle Down is Beth. It's kind of relevant. Like they talk about who's staying at what house and walking from one house to another. But I'm going to leave out a lot of that just because it's like excruciating detail that hasn't really mattered. And if we do have some plot twist where it like matters where everyone is standing on this island, then I'll bring it up and I'll explain it. But it's not really worth it for this podcast it's just a waste of time and i will tell you i've yet to use the family tree or the map so here we go so cadence is the eldest grandchild and she's the heiress to the island fortune which someone please explain this to me my understanding is you can just leave your stuff to whoever you can say my kids split this you could say the island goes to all three of my kids they each get their perspective houses on the island in this, it's like everything's going to one person. It's either going to the oldest grandchild, it's going to the favorite daughter, whatever, and they're all fighting over it. And maybe that's just like how rich people do it. But I don't see how that's normal. It's weird. It seems unrealistic. Okay, so there's some annoying family tree stuff in the section, but all you really know- need to know is Cadence, Mirren, and Johnny are all cousins. They're all from separate families. And then they have Younger siblings who are not really worth mentioning, but Cadence is an only child. So her aunt Carrie, who is Johnny's mom, is dating an Indian man named Eddie. And that's seemingly a problem for this like rich white grandparents, but they're not outwardly mean to him. He just like stopped showing up on the island so much and they, I don't even know. I, I It doesn't really say they treat him any sort of way, but there is like some tension about it. But Ed's nephew is Gat and he's the cousin's age and he came for two weeks one of the summers and Johnny really liked having him there so he wasn't around just girls. He asked if Gat could stay like all summer next time and the narrator's cadence says the grandparents always gave the oldest boy grandchild anything he wanted because Johnny's only three weeks younger than Cadence but also it's like it's not the grandparents decision like yeah they can say yes he can stay but uh doesn't he have to talk to his mom or whatever if he can stay for the whole summer it's so weird from that point on this was like when they were nine or something Cadence Mirren and Johnny and Gat were all known as the liars which they talk about that a lot and literally I don't know what they lied about ever we're this far in the book and they're not really liars, like not any more than normal teenagers. So it's summer 14. Katie and Gat, aka Gatwick, they all call him Gat though. I like Gatwick. They're 14 and they have this stupid summer romance. I will spare you the details, but the highlights are boat rides, books, plants versus zombies, and sharks. Then she says, I wrote Gat on the back of his left and Candace on the, or Cadence or whatever, on the back of his right. He took a pen for me and wrote Gat on the back of my left and 
cadence on the back of my right. I don't even know if they're talking about hands. Like, what are they even talking about? But apparently that means like they're each other's and it's like their romance. She says she doesn't believe in like true love. And she said they didn't label it love then. And she had never kissed a boy, but would that coming school year. And that's the end of the chapter five. And it's super confusing. It doesn't make any sense. But all you need to know is like they're the stupid tragic love story. I'm sure it hasn't even become tragic, but it's dumb. I'm like out of breath. I'm getting so worked up. This book is terrible, but I hope you get some laughs about my frustrations. Chapter six through 10. Summer 15. Katie realizes that she's in love with Gad. Duh. So her dad, this is like the summer after her dad left when they packed up and left. And he knows that she loves these beach roses. And she shows up to the summer like a couple weeks late because of everything with her dad and she walks up to one of the houses and she's like watching him through a screen door and he doesn't notice her and he has a dried rose hanging from the window and she's like oh he has his rose for me oh he's gonna give it to me so happy katie watches him take the rose and mail it to someone else and she left and she gets super mad and she like rips all the roses off a bush and stuff and my first thought was like how do you know he's not just like mailing it back to his mom or something? I was wrong. He really is. He has a girlfriend back in New York named Raquel. And Gat and Johnny both live in New York, but they live in different areas because Gat, I don't, they don't really say, but I'm assuming like kind of middle class. And then Johnny's like super rich, but Johnny's met Raquel and she's a modern dancer who wears all black because I don't think this author's ever been to New York, but whatever. So Katie's throwing a fit and she's biting her fingers and getting wine drunk and punching walls. It's really weird. I hate her. She is so dramatic and ridiculous. So at some point she pulls it together and the four liars are hanging out and Gat is talking about who really owns land and if people should even own it like all Pocahontas style. And he's talking about the island of the grandparents really own it. Then he starts talking about how he volunteered in India over the winter and basically like how they're all privileged on the island and there are people in other countries without even running water. And they all are kind of annoyed with him. And Johnny asked if they can just talk about sex and murder instead. And I said, for real, I wish this book would just talk about that, which it doesn't. Johnny is my favorite. Johnny, I just have to talk about Johnny for half a second. So Johnny is really blunt and he's like totally okay with this privilege and he knows he has it. He reminds me of in The Greatest Showman, Zac Efron's character, Philip Carlyle, but without the romance plotline. He's really funny. But anyways, the four liars tell Gat to shut up about it because he talks too much. And he gets pissed when Katie tells him to shut up and he rips off his shirt and goes swimming in his jeans in the middle of the night. It's super weird. And Katie is like, I have to follow him because if I don't, Raquel has him and I don't. It's so stupid. So she grabs his hand and he's like, I never tell you to shut up. And you said it to me and I'm just an emotional boy. And she's like, well, when we say shut up, we say it means we love you and you're better than our selfish, rich like upbringing. And then Johnny walks up, followed by Mirin, and they all get in the water and it's all good. They all stay in the separate houses and Gat calls Katie outside like from outside her window or whatever after midnight and they lay on the walkway with the five golden retriever doggos and he asks if he can hold her hand and she allows it and then he asks her if she believes in God and he said that he didn't anymore after what he saw in India and what he sees in like the streets of New York and she says sometimes and then he says his mom's mad about it. Then he asks how you can be a good person if you don't believe in God anymore. 
And then Gat gives Katie his jacket and she wants to kiss him, but she doesn't because he might be in love with Raquel. This stuff is so boring. I'm really sorry. I don't, I can't even make jokes. It's so boring. Okay. Gat and Katie are sorting stuff in the attic. This part's kind of funny. So Gat and Katie are sorting stuff in the attic for her mom because uh, some of the, her dad's stuff's up there. First, a little bit. The author does this and I really hate this. It says, we've been in the attic before. Also, we had never been in the attic before. I feel like it's getting at, we've been in the attic before, but now we're different people because we're growing up. And so we've never really been in it this way. But like, just say that. It's such a stupid way to say it. Like, have you been in there? Have you not? Is this important in the plot? Probably not. <sighs> Deep breaths. Okay. So they're sorting the books and he tells her to shut up, even though two chapters ago, he was like throwing a fit because she told him to shut up and they never tell each other to shut up it's dramatic and dumb but so he tells her to shut up and then he randomly tells her that he loves her like really truly and she kisses him and it's electrifying and terrifying and exactly right who cares so what i do care about is granddad walks in on them which is pretty funny <laughs> and gat stands up and he like almost hits his head on the ceiling because the attic roof is slanted and granddad it's like you better be careful. You might get hurt. Like implying like if he dates my granddaughter, you're going to get hurt. Like not talking about the ceiling. It's actually pretty clever. And I think it's funny. And granddad's like semi trash, but I kind of like him. Unpopular opinion. Okay. So Gat awkwardly leaves and he tells Caddy. I'm going to say Caddy. I'm sorry. Her name is Katie. Holy moly. Okay. He tells Katie a story about her first baseball game that he took her to and she like loved Cracker Jacks. And when they got back, she wanted to make Cracker Jacks, but she was all sad because they didn't have the white and red pinstripe boxes. So the grandpa drove back and bought more Cracker Jacks and ate the whole box on the way home so she could have the boxes. And basically he's implying that Gat couldn't provide for her like the family does. Like she gets whatever she wants to this family and Gat's just some kid. After this conversation, she goes and finds Gat and she kisses him and his lips are salty. This is stupid stuff I was telling you about. Like, does it imply that he's like salty about the family or that it's just because they're on an island by the ocean? Either way, I don't care that much. Okay. Chapters 11 through 15. And I have, is anything going to happen? What is this book even about? My note right after that says, I hate this book. Katie talks about her grandma who was pretty much amazing and she loves doggos. And she died right before year 15. There's bad metaphors about melting and dripping on Nan's unfinished quilt. And her mom tells her to get it together and not talk about the grandma passing away because it brings everyone down and makes them sad. And Gat doesn't give a crap about that. And he talks about her dad and she talks about the grand like it's normal and everyone feels super awkward about it because they're like a family that doesn't talk about their feelings. I feel like I'm talking really fast because I want to just get through this stupid book. Okay, I'm really sorry. Then she talks about her wrist bleeding and she hopes her mom doesn't see and Gat does see and bandaged her wrist. They talk about this three different times. Her wrists aren't bleeding. It's just a bad metaphor. She's just sad about her grandma, but then she's not sad in like five seconds. Okay. So she talks about that summer, how Gat and her sneak kiss and touch all the time. He writes her stupid notes and she draws him stupid stick figure pictures. And he gave her a toothbrush to express his love inadequately. And I wrote, can someone die already or something? Because I'm over these two 15 year olds. I don't know. Someone gave me a toothbrush when I was 15. I don't know if I would be flattered. Katie talks about not remembering her head injury, which is obviously common to not remember the events leading up to or around your head injury but she said that when they found her she was in her underwear and she was like washed up on a beach 
on the shore and she, there was no towel, no clothes, and she was in her underwear. And she had hit her head. And in the hospital, they said that she had hypothermia, respiratory problems, and most likely a head injury. They did a bunch of scans. She had no brain injury on the scans. So her mom takes her back to Vermont where they live and Gat never called and she didn't know why. And then she wrote to Johnny, but he ignored her. I guess that's pretty normal, like Sinclair style. And she says, I never got an explanation. I just know he left me being Gat. And then she wonders if they got in a fight. And I said, because they normally swim when they're mad because <laughs> he like went swimming in his jeans earlier. They go into her head injury a little bit more, but it's stupid. Okay, get ready for me to vent just a little bit. Okay, so she starts a chapter with, welcome to my skull. Oh, God, no. So she's overly describing how painful her headache is. Well, I guess they're like migraines. And she's throwing up and weight loss and blacking out and whatever. And she talks about having tons of prescriptions and they tell her to watch for signs of addiction and then she said that she had finally, even though the scans didn't show anything, she was diagnosed with post-traumatic headaches, PTHA. Okay, I googled it. Post-traumatic headaches is PTH. PTHA is the Pinto Horse Association of America. And when I was talking to my husband about this, I was like, her weird Pinto Horse disease. So that might come out in this podcast. We'll see. But basically, they said like her migraines are caused by a traumatic brain injury, even though they never found a traumatic brain injury. And they said, you're fine and you'll survive and it'll just hurt a lot. Also, the book says that these migraines occurred six weeks after the accident. But when I Googled it, these migraines will go away in three months. They don't occur six weeks after the accident. And I said, put a little effort in maybe. It took two seconds for me to Google that and you can't even get the right acronym for the brain injury or whatever you're trying to say she has super i'm like annoyed i'm really annoyed by this author i think the writing's lazy come for me so anyways my first thought also though so i don't look like an idiot is she doesn't have a brain injury but heartbreak can do some crazy things you know so you know you can have physical pain or physical like symptoms if you're suffering from like a mentally traumatic situation so i think that's what they're implying but they're just doing a really bad job at it okay so her dad has been living in Colorado for a year and he wants to see her and he takes her on this grand trip through Europe and she doesn't go to the island for that summer. She talks about in stupid detail about her headaches and I can't decide what is real and what's over-exaggerated symbolism, but it hurts real bad. She writes and calls her cousins, but they don't respond and she desperately asks about Gat and it's stupid. She finds out that her granddad is redoing the, like remodeling the main house. And I said, hopefully he's burying a body. And I said, I think Gat's going to die. I hope because she hasn't heard from him. So I think he's missing and he's dead. Nope. It's not as fun as that. That's not what happened. It's stupid. So she talks about being a Sinclair and how people view it and how they're privileged and a mystery. They're not a mystery. Nothing's mysterious about this. It's just like typical rich people's probs. Also, like people at school find her illness a mystery and it's a waste of a chapter is what I have. I'm going to talk about my notes a lot because they're pretty fabulous. We're on to part two. This part is called Vermont. I have what the heck is this book about? I was promised a mystery. And I'm really sorry because I know my podcast is supposed to be about mystery and murder and it's not happening in this book, but they say in the reviews that it has like this mysterious ending that you'd never see coming. So I'm hoping it still fits in this category and I'm really sorry if it's not. Chapter 16 through 22. And I did that because the the way the parts line up. Okay. Katie 
writes a fairy tale about a king and his three daughters. And this is all stupid symbolism about the grandpa and the three ants. So this stupid story talks about how the youngest loves him most. He asks his daughter, who loves me most? Whatever. She says, I love you most. He throws her out of the castle because she answered, I love you like salt loves meat. Then she becomes a chef or whatever, serves a king meat without salt. And he's like, this sucks. And then he's like, oh yeah, it needs salt. You must have really loved me. And the kingdom's going to be yours. And then the very end of it is, does she stay because she loves him as meat loves salt? Or does she stay because he's now promised her the kingdom? It's hard for her to tell the difference. We get a lot of those really, really weird fairy tales. We get it. All the kids want the dad's money. I should just like say this. So since her injury, she starts like acting really weird and out of character, which also is normal for a head injury. So like one of the things she started doing is she gives away something every day and material things don't matter to her. And she basically acts like she's better than everyone. And she says her mom buying things makes her feel like makes the mom feel powerful for the moment, but it's pointless. She basically just like belittles her mom for liking nice things. Okay, I guess the real problem is not about the moral debates that Katie has because they're valid, but it's the way she goes about them and she just acts like she's better than everyone and makes them feel like they're the worst human beings for being normal. So she lists the things she's giving away and it's like, you know, a pillow to a girl begging on the street, whatever. And she gives away the picture of her grandma holding a piglet at some like event, which is super cute and I would never give that away. I want that picture. But she says she gives it away because it won't bring her back. So her mom's like, you can do what you want. You can give away stuff. You can be this weirdo. But I swear to God, if you start giving away these dogs, I will kick you out of this house. And I'm like, mom, I hear you. I will stop reading if something happens to one of these bad dog or not bad doggos to one of these good doggos. Something bad does happen to one of the doggos and I had to keep reading, but it's not like graphic. So still stupid. Okay. The next chapter starts with, if I Google traumatic brain injury, and I said, no, you did not Google it. You couldn't figure out the acronyms for this stuff. Anyways, basically, she's missing the memories of the summer that it happened, which, duh, we already talked about this. So here are some of the memories that we have not heard before of just the little clips of things that she remembers from that summer. So she remembers Mirren, the female cousin, holding gas for the motorboats. Mom asking about black pearls like necklace, not my husband goes, go ask Jack Sparrow. Okay. Johnny running down the stairs to, of the main house to the boathouse, granddad holding a tree near a bonfire and the liars laughing, but she doesn't know why they were laughing or where they were. So she asks her mom about it. And her mom's like, you ask me these questions every day. And I tell you every day what happened. Like you were apparently out swimming and you hit your head and we found you on the beach. The doctor said, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it causes my mom stress and she drinks a lot. Uh, I'd probably be a full-blown alcoholic if this girl was my daughter. Holy moly. So Caddy decides to like not be a terrible human being. And she decides to write down what her mom tells her. So she doesn't have to keep asking her mom about it. So it's summer 17 and her dad was going to take her to Australia and New Zealand. But she doesn't want to go because she wants to go back to the island, try to remember what she forgot and why Gat stop talking to her and why she was swimming alone with no clothes which if that counts as the mystery i kind of don't care like does anyone care about that like if i'm going swimming i would take off my pants and my shirt to go out in my underwear depending on the situation on this private island and if my clothes got washed away they got washed away like i don't really care about that but 
that's what we're calling a mystery, then it counts. So before she goes, her grandpa visits her and her mom, and he's like being super weird, and he doesn't recognize her, and he's mad that she dyed her blonde hair black. But we kind of later figure out that this is his starting stages of dementia. Later on, he keeps calling like everyone Mirin. It's pretty bummer. Okay. He's picking these flowers in the garden and she's like, don't pick those. Mom's going to be mad. And he defiantly picks it. Like basically say, I do what I want. I'm your grandpa. Like, don't tell me what to do, which is a recurring theme. But also like if I was a rich grandpa, I wouldn't want my 16 year old grandchild telling me what to do. So he talks about her being his firstborn grandchild and she loves him, but she doesn't know if she likes him in this moment. It's stupid. All right, you guys, are you ready for another fairy tale? It's horrible. Actually, this is probably the best fairy tale. Best of the worst, I guess. So there's a dad and there's a dragon and he sends each of his daughter to go calm the dragon down and they all get eaten. And basically the point of the story is who killed his daughters, the dragon or their dad? which you can look into that. It's actually like not a bad metaphor and it's not a bad story. It just like has no place in this book. So the mom cancels the Australian trip because she's begging to go back to the island and her and the the mom and the dad decide she'll stay four weeks on the island, Beachwood, and four weeks with her dad in Colorado. The mom calls the sisters like the aunts and talks about how Cadence is fragile and I don't know. Cadence can't really hear much of the conversation. And she talks about her mom drinking all these different wines, but definitely not Chardonnay. That chapter ends, and I'm thinking, what was the point of that? Being all dramatic about what type of wine she's drinking. Also, maybe Chardonnay is not like rich people wine, but or maybe it was her dad's favorite wine. I don't know, but there's no context, and it's really weird and annoying. Then I have WTF. I hate this. What is your point? So Cadence gives away basically everything, and she talks about how her mom likes to buy things just to buy things, and it's disgusting. So I googled personality changes as a symptom of traumatic brain injury, but cadence is being super over the top. That's why I'm not convinced that's what it is, but the books, I don't know. If that's the surprise ending that she didn't actually have a brain injury, I'm going to be annoyed. Okay, so she gives away Gat's hunting jacket, the one he like put on her when they were looking out in the stars or whatever, and she said she should have given it away first, but she was being selfish, which how? I swear like every line in my notes has just like 16 question marks at the end of it. So anyways, she's going to see him out on the island, but she says she doesn't love him and he doesn't love her. And she says that she never loved him. She's lying to herself. It's stupid. Who cares? Okay. This part's super weird. So the phone rings at 10 at night and her mom's in the shower. So Cadence answers. It's Taft, which is Mirren's younger brother. He's like 10, I think. He asks her four times if she's a drug addict because his sister Bonnie who's a twin says that she is like all the ants are talking about it and she says no i'm not a drug addict but then she says to us that maybe she's lying to herself about it so then he talks about how bonnie and him think that cuddle down the house they stay in is haunted and wants to stay with her in her mom's house or whatever on the island but she basically says it'll be fine go talk to your sister mira and she'll take care of you and i said ghost chase is that you i swear if there's another ghost honest to god at this point i thought they murdered gat and his ghost was haunting the house and i was like kind of excited for it but that's definitely not what happened okay part three already thank goodness part three must be really long because we're only on chapter 23 and we stop like right at part four okay so chapter three is called summer 17 uh we're gonna do chapters 23 to 30 
So Katie makes this really bad joke to the eldest daughter, who's her Aunt Carrie, about vodka and Percocet getting her through the day, which is not not true. Katie's mom starts saying that, oh, they gave her non-addictive medications, but she says to us that's not true. They take the boat to the island and she describes all the houses and who cares. And she talks about how Grand was renovating the house or that's what she was told. But she said the old house was completely torn down and there's a new one built and stupid descriptions and it doesn't make sense. So she's like so upset about this house being rebuilt. I have in my notes, I have, I literally thought she was drowning. Like the descriptions, like you think, oh, she fell off the boat and she's drowning. And then her mom tells her to get it together, like always. And then they pull up and the liars are all waving at her, being Mir and Johnny and Gat. So I get that the descriptions are supposed to be like dramatic. You're supposed to be like, oh crap, is she drowning? But at this point, I'm like, good, I hope she's drowning. Oh darn, she didn't. And it's not like a effectively written. I, f- I feel like such a snob, but I'm telling you right now, this is not a good book. Bestseller, my butt. Okay, so she gets off the boat and the younger kids greet them and Taft, who had called her, said that him and his like mom and stuff are staying with the granddad because he's showing signs of dementia and Mirren's twin sisters, they're like young, t- 12 or 13, I think at this point, they tell her she looks like a dead vampire because she's pale and she's lost weight and whatever she's sickly and katie's like i don't actually care what you think so that's perfectly okay and normally you'd be like power move like awesome you don't care like whatever but she says it's just like i'm better than you just in case you were wondering i'm acting just like my stereotype that i'm trying to pretend like i don't like it i'm gonna rant about this for the rest of my life okay since bess and the children are living with the grandpa cuddle down is empty so the four liars decide they're going to stay there in that house but they talk about this later but katie's mom doesn't want her staying because she's like sickly and has these headaches and stuff so she wants her to stay with the mom but she like goes over there all the time to be with her cousins and get so the four liars are talking about college plans and katie changes the subject because she's graduating late because she missed a bunch of school from her injury and she asks about their love lives oh you guys are you ready to have like secondhand embarrassment because this is too much for me Mirren talks about her boyfriend and how he's buff and stuff which is fine but then she like says We've had sexual intercourse several times. And then Katie's like, I'm going to ask you about that sexual intercourse later. And I'm not saying sexual intercourse just to be funny. Like, that's literally how they describe it. And they're 17. Like, call it what it is. Also, there's cursing in this book. So I don't know why they didn't just use the crude term for it, considering they're 17. But I digress. Okay. The three of them, which doesn't include Katie, have decided ahead of time that they're not going to go to like the family dinners or the family breakfast at the new house because grandpa's losing it and the ants are acting weird and they just want to be happy together in cuddle down. Later on, Mirren and Johnny are swimming and Gat and Caddy. Caddy, why? It's going to be interchangeable. I'm not editing them all. Katie, Caddy, whoever you are. Gat and Katie are on the beach and she's still in love with him, even though I had to read a whole chapter about how she's not in love with him and never was waste of my time they talk about trolls and a fire poker i literally i'm just this their conversations are pointless he asks if he can hold her hand and she doesn't want to but she does and melts because he's attractive and they're so in love and who cares and i said this is worse than lana and chase it really is it's so bad i don't want to then don't do it girl she okay really have a problem with this character because it's just like perpetuating this unrequired love and going after each other and i don't want to but i will because i'm just like magnetically drawn to him and i just can't handle myself no you can do what you want you don't have to be with people you don't have to be with people that treat you like trash and you're 17 
you guys, you can be alone. I'm not. So like, call me a hypocrite, but I'm just saying, you don't have to be with anybody for any reason. You guys, I'm not this kind of person. I swear, I'm normally not this aggressive. This book has triggered something in me. Maybe I have a traumatic brain injury or PTSD from this book. So Katie's in her room trying to remember and she doesn't. So she takes all the pictures and drawings and her books and she gives them away. And her mom's like, oh, you love books. And Katie's like, you got rid of every trace of our dad in our homes. Why can't I get rid of her stuff? Which that's super true, but she was really savage about it. And her mom's like, whatever, that's fine. I don't care. But as long as you have a smile on your face and come to dinner, like, I don't care what you give away, whatever. It's your stuff to give away. So the next part, they literally pee all those memories she talked about. Who cares? She writes them down, puts them on a post-it note on her ceilings. She's going to like document all the questions she has and try to find the answers all summer because the doctor said being back in the place, jogger memories, et cetera, et cetera. So she wonders why she was swimming alone and she thinks maybe she was a victim of a crime and then immediately wants to know if Gak went back to Raquel. This was two years ago and who cares (laughs) okay she's so desperate it's a bad look okay so then she talks about a witch pounding on her head with an intricately carved ivory statue of a goose guess what guys it's a bad metaphor to explain her migraine can't you tell how amused i am okay so her mom wants her to come down for dinner but she's already popped some pills because of the witch migraine and she's down for the night (laughs) this is super weird okay I'm just gonna tell you what I put in my notes. I said, I don't know how to summarize this. I can't figure out who's talking because they don't say who says what in the writing is terrible. So she wakes up like in the middle of the night. She can't sleep. So she goes outside and she sees her aunt Carrie who can't sleep. And she says, Will has nightmares. And she asks Katie if she's seen Johnny. But my problem with the writing is normally you put like people who talk and then the next person talks on the next line. No, it's like Katie saying something, Katie saying something on the next line, then maybe the aunt saying something. I don't know who's talking. Basically, all you need to know is Will has nightmares, the aunt's walking around, she's looking for Johnny. Later on, she's at breakfast with her mom and her grandpa, and the grandpa says that the grandma's two purebred golden retrievers passed away a while back. Guys, I don't want to talk about the doggos. And she asks if the dog suffered, and he said, not for long. And I said, I swear to God, if they kill these dogs because the grandma died, I will scream my head off. That's not what happened, but they still killed off these dogs and we'll get into it because I'm pretty sure I know how, but the puppers. Then the grandpa brings up again that he's like mad. She dyed her hair black and he's telling her mom, you're the parent. You can tell her not to do this. And the mom's like, well, we all grew up dad. So we basically do what we want. Chapter 31 to 35. Katie's talking to Mirren. And before like one of the things she gave away was this Barbie that they used to fight over and she like sent it to Mirren's house. And Mirren said, I never got it, but someone must have signed for it. That's supposed to be shady. So she explains to Mirren and Johnny about how she's giving away the stuff to people who need it. And Johnny basically says, I want all the things. I want cars. I want watches. They're so retro. I want scarves. I want cashmere. And I'm like, Johnny, love you. I'm not that way, but he's just so funny. Like what a breath of fresh air for the five seconds he's in this book. And then Mirren's like, that's cool, I guess. But like, why are you giving away sentimental stuff like pictures and things like that? And I don't know. There's like no real answer for that. He's just like, doesn't bring her back. Meh. Oh, gosh. Okay. So now we're on to a Katie and Gat chapter. <laughs> she always calls him my Gat, which I super hate that possessive crap. My whatever. Okay. My husband. Yes. But if he chose to leave, he's not my possession. Holy moly. Also, she says the stupid stuff. We've been here before, but also we've never been here before. Okay, have you been to this place or not with him or not? Like, I just be clear. So Gat shows up shirtless. They mention it a thousand times. 
They go to their secret spot. I don't, I gotta explain it. Who cares? He asks her if she remembers the time they went out on that flat rock. And she says she doesn't. And then she goes on to us, the reader, about how she hates everything about herself. And I'm like, me too. I hate everything about you. You're a terrible person. To us, she's still in love with him, even though he was an ass. But she doesn't even know that he was being one. He just didn't talk to her for two years. But she does not know the circumstances around it. I don't even know the circumstances around it. But she could have, for all we know, been like, yeah, never talk to me again. He's like, cool, cool, I won't. I don't know why she's assuming that he's the problem when she clearly is a problem of sorts. Okay, so then back to their conversation. He's like, uh, we were, you and I, we, it was an important moment, like out on the rock. Sexual intercourse, as the kids are calling it. They don't say that's what happened, but that's what I've been implying. Then she says, this is pretty savage. She says, whatever, none of anything that happens between us really mattered, does it? And then... They get mad at each other over nothing because we get no details and it doesn't make any sense. The fight's confusing because she doesn't remember anything. And she's just like, you didn't call her right for two years, basically. And he asks to start over and she's mad. She doesn't want to. And then he starts jumping up and down and throwing a fit like a little kid. And then she's like, oh, cool. I'm going to I'm going to forgive you. That was really was really a turn on, I guess. I It's so weird. If I was telling even at 17, uh, anyone, a friend, whatever dude i'm mad i don't want to start over like this is a toxic relationship and they started throwing a fit like a little kid i literally just turn and walk away you guys know your worth so then he like straight up says he's like i'm gonna go run away now because walking away would be more awkward and he runs off the island (laughs) it was really funny with no context i did that to my husband i was in the kitchen and i just ran away he was like what are you doing i was like i don't know this book's not normal okay so katie's shown around her granddad's new house She's basically comparing it to how the mom got rid of all her dad's stuff and spent money to create like a replacement life or whatever. He was asking where the young man is, which is referring to Gat, because grandpa has like a book for him. And then he gets old man irritated. I I didn't even write details. Who cares? So Aunt Carrie takes the grandpa away because he's all mad and gives Katie a look like, you know, he's sickly. Like, stop acting this way. So she asks her Aunt Carrie if, oh, did you get back to sleep? Did you ever find Johnny from when she was like walking outside in the middle of the night? And the aunt's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Katie. Me neither, Aunt Carrie. But basically, there's a lie there. Is this a mystery? I don't care that your aunt went for a midnight stroll. Okay, so Will and Taff are 10 years old and they're acting crazy at lunch. And Katie asked them what they did last summer while she was in Europe because she's trying to get information because the adults and her liars won't really tell her anything. And the, the boys say, Aunt Penny told us not to talk to you about how you ended up in the water and everything because it would make your headaches worse. And then they say that Bonnie and Liberty, which are the twin girls, saw the pills in her room and the twins are telling the boys that Katie is a drug addict. And then uh, I think it's Will. It's like, drugs are not your friend and they don't want to talk to her anymore. If a 10-year-old said that to me, I would laugh so hard. So the four liars are at Cuddle Down and they're like, redecorating the house and someone asked Mirren if her because this was Mirren's mom's house and they asked Mirren if her mom would be mad that they're like redecorating the house and she's like no my mom's been trying to get out of this house for years she's like the least favorite daughter self-proclaimed that way and she wanted grandpa to redo the kitchen but he wouldn't so then Mirren and Johnny get in a fight about Katie not remembering like Johnny's saying stuff and then Mirren's like you know we're not supposed to talk about it and like you're gonna make things worse Mirren's a very motherly character trying to make sure Katie doesn't get hurt and doesn't make the sickness work. And then Johnny's just like, 
a loose cannon. Like he he means well, but he's just he doesn't think through anything. So she doesn't remember half the year of 15 and they were told not to talk about it. So Katie uses a stupid vocabulary that's unnecessary that I'm not even going to explain that signals to Gat that they have started over and I have an all caps who cares. <laughs> I'm not even mad enough to scream about it anymore. I'm just exhausted. Okay, chapter 36 through 40, the four liars talk about her trip to Rome and they're like, how was it? And she's like, well, my dad was visiting the Colosseum. I was laying on the bathroom floor looking at the toilet or whatever. And Mirren, for the win, comes in and says, uh, you tell us all the time not to feel sorry for you, but then you tell us stories about looking at the base of a toilet. It's seriously pitiful. What are we supposed to say? And she's like, well, well played. To us, she's like, maybe she's right. But at the same time, she's like, but I'm perfect and amazing. So probably not. And then the three of them bring up, you went to Rome and none of us have gone to Rome. So like, get over it. Check your privilege. And then she says in like the group, oh, yeah, I wish you were there with me. (laughs) Shut up. Okay, so she's out playing tennis and her mom asks, she's like, oh, I saw you were playing tennis. If you want to go practice with me, you can. Listen to this quote. This is from the book. It says, in no capacity do I ever want to hit with my mummy. She will wear a tennis skirt and praise me and caution me and hover over me until I'm unkind to her. You're... Ugh, I don't cuss on this, but Katie is an ass to her mom. Like, she is horrible to her. Oh, no, your mom's going to wear a tennis skirt while playing tennis? How dare she? That's just ridiculous. And her mom just wants to do something where she's going to praise me and make sure I don't hurt myself. What a bad mom. I'm going to be unkinder. Your mom didn't make you be unkinder. You're just unkind. Also, side note, if there's any teenagers out here, don't be bad to your mom, okay? Be nice to her. She loves you. Anyways serves Katie right. She's eating lunch and they make her sit at the kids table and none of the liars showed up. So she's with like 10 year olds. Katie, so her memories like randomly come back and she tells us about it. So she has a memory of the ants fighting over the granddad's $4 million house in Boston because obviously he doesn't live on the island all the time. And he wants to give it to Bess because she lives closest to him and like helps him with that house. And then she says now the sisters are all hugging and like really affectionate to each other. And she says she wonders what changed between them, which I'm actually like kind of curious about that. So there's one mystery I kind of care about. So the four liars are playing Scrabble, but Katie's distracted because her knee's touching Gat's thigh. Who cares? She talks about the littles calling her a drug addict. Oh, and then Mirren says, yeah, the twin girls are stealing sleeping pills and earrings from their mom. And then they start talking about mottos. And Mirren's motto is always be kinder than you have to be, which right on Mirren. Johnny's is don't eat yellow snow. Also valid. Gat says don't accept an evil you can't change. And Mirren's like philosophy is there's very little you can change and he's like that's not true what would be the point i don't know you can read the book if you care and caddies is always do what you're afraid to do and mirin's like uh that's dumb too don't do that you could get hurt and die like i'm afraid to touch the stove so i'm not about to go out and touch the freaking stove anyways so she follows gat upstairs and she kisses him and she says to us it's what i'm afraid to do so i do it he pulls away and says he can't because she only knows the him at the island not the real him about like where he lives most of the year and his mom and like his upbringing he compares their situation to the book Wuthering Heights I don't know if you've never read it I'll just summarize real quick so there's a gypsy boy that's taken in by this fancy family and he falls in love with one of the daughters and she loves him back but basically always will think he's like below her because of his background he becomes a gentleman and educated but he'll never be good enough and then 
he becomes what they always think he'll be, like an evil brute, like an animal, like his stereotype. And basically, Gat says, like, that's what the granddad thinks of him. And then Gat says, and he was right about it. So we don't really know what that means, but we'll, we'll hopefully figure it out at some point. So the whole time he's explaining this really deep concept, she's thinking about kissing him like a freaking idiot. And then he basically just like goes to his room and shuts the door on her. <laughs> oh, good. Are you guys ready for another fairy tale? Super unnecessary. So this one's about her and Gat, and it talks about the firstborn princess. She's super tiny, and then she goes to the library, and she meets a mouse that's her side, and they're, they run off, and they get married, and everyone's mad about it. Yeah, they're mad because that's called bestiality. Ugh. So stupid. But it ends with, if you want to live where people are not afraid of mice, you must give up living in palaces. I'm not afraid of mice. Come live in my house. <sighs> We're almost to the end, I hope. Chapter 41 to 45. This book repeats itself constantly, so there's something I didn't write. I said, even if it has a good ending, it's not worth 120 pages of time I've wasted. Holy moly. Okay, I'm super salty. I'm still salty. Okay, Granddad takes Katie on the boat to this town, Edgar Town, before the ants notice they're gone, because he's not supposed to drive without someone, and then Katie's not supposed to drive because of the medication she's on. But he's the boss, so he says it's fine, so they go. And they're hanging out, and he's like oh let me buy you books and whatever and she's like i don't want anything for myself because i'm better than everyone so she buys books for her cousins and her gardener like the gardener of the island which is super annoying because gat's like you don't even know the gardener's name do you and he's worked here forever and she doesn't so she's only doing it to prove to gat that she's not like a pos but i digress and she bought him a book on flowers. Like, he's the professional gardener of this island. I think he knows about the flowers. Okay. So, they're out and about, and they run into the grandpa's lawyer that does the estate. And the grandpa is bragging about Katie. And, you know, she's my firstborn. She played tennis, whatever. And Katie says to us that she's nothing to brag about. And then he says, don't tell your mom that we ran into Mr. Thatcher, who's handling the estate, because she'll stir up trouble again. So, like, kind of interested in that as well, obviously. But I don't understand how Katie can be such a dick with such low self-esteem. So, when they're driving back, she has a memory back from the summer, and she says, okay, so basically her grandpa owns all this, like, ivory statues, because the grandma loved them, and she mentions the goose one, like, from the witch with her headache, supposed to come back around, who cares? And she's telling him that, like, ivory stuff is bad because they murder elephants which 100 i love them don't even tell me like i totally agree but at the same time like the way she's coming off is completely ridiculous like it's not like he went out and shot the elephant himself and it's not like he's making money off of killing animals and selling this stuff like legitimately he just went and bought this because his wife likes them not condoning it just saying so she tells him to auction them off and donate them to wildlife and he's like um no my wife loved these it makes me think of her don't tell me what to do with my stuff and then she brings up gat how oh he would say to do the same thing and he's like i don't care what that peasant boy has to say about it he doesn't say that but that's basically how it is so it's present day and they get off the boat and she asks her grandpa if he misses tipper which is the wife and he says the best part of him died with her and that's all he has to say about it okay both me and my husband have deceased parents and i totally get not wanting to talk about it it's not his parents his wife but i'm just saying doesn't make him a bad guy and it's not like weird Everyone handles grief differently. <laughs> okay, so later on, they're sunbathing, the four liars or whatever, and Katie's all mad that they're not using suntan lotion. She's like lecturing them on using suntan lotion. I totally understand. Use suntan lotion. But 
she's acting like she's better than everyone about it. And then she talks about staring at Gat's chest again. Then later on, Gat's in the kitchen and asks her to start over again because of their like weird hallway fight and just forget what happened. And she's like, I want to remember what happened, but whatever for you, Gat, of course, we'll start over. So then later on, Katie and Mirren take the boat without permission and go to Eggertown or whatever. And they talk about her sexual intercourse. Not in detail in the book. They just say that that's one of the conversations they have. Thank God. Then she talks about a memory she has of Gat coming up to her with a book to give her. And it's signed or what he wrote on the inside. Katie with everything, everything Gat. Stupid. You're not clever. Then she asks Mirren what happened between her and Gat. And then Mirren says what I said. He has good reasons to be mad. And then... Katie's like, what I do? And then Mirren's like, you can't fix it. And then she starts like choking. And I couldn't tell if it was like one of those stupid metaphors or if she was really choking or if like she was just trying to get out of talking about it. And later on, we find out that she's sick and she has a sore throat and stuff. So I think it's just from that. I don't know. So they drive back and her mom lectures her about not driving on meds and like, you can't take the boat without telling me stuff. And To us, Katie's like, I can't be as stupid as I'm acting, can I? And I said, yes. Yes, you can. You are. You can. You're stupid. It's stupid. I have a feeling I'm going to like regret this whole episode maybe when this (laughs) everything comes back around. But here we are. So the four liars are sitting on the roof and Katie talks about how she has planned her funeral and she wants to be like dumped in the lake or whatever. And they're like, that's stupid. You should plan your wedding or parties for like an achievement. It's pointless. And then she says the island is theirs and they will be young forever hopefully that implies they all die there and they'll be young forever because they're dead on the island they won't age anymore i swear to god if i guess the ending right there you heard it first i only went like two chapters past this podcast okay chapter 46 through 50 we're almost done i promise so Mirren has a sore throat and body aches so she's in bed and the house is messy like disgusting they describe it i hate every second of it we're not going to talk about it and she longs to be with gat but he won't be alone with her or touch her and then katie claims that the unrequited love invites the migraines in no it doesn't he's not responsible for your migraines that's so stupid don't blame someone else you have a head injury, supposedly. They eat on the roof and their glasses and stuff roll off and there's shards of glass all over their porch. Why? What is the point of that? It's so freaking weird unless someone ends up getting stabbed with a shard of glass, which I really hope they do. So Katie talks to Johnny and asks why he didn't write her back after the accident. And he was like, oh, I was just insensitive jerk, but I was never mad. I'm just lazy. I don't email back my cousins. And she asked about Gat and Johnny says that he assumes that Gat felt bad for cheating on Raquel. Because all summer, Raquel was sending him, like, care packages and stuff. And then, meanwhile, he's making out with Katie. And then he also said that Gat feels bad for not being there for Katie after her accident and that he hated himself for being a bad guy. You make these choices. So then she asks if Gat has a girlfriend now. And Johnny, thank God, he doesn't answer. But he says, Gat's an ass and you're too good for him, which I don't believe in that. But this part, he says, you have to stop being such a mushball. Like, stop being so obsessed over Gat. Like, he's not even worth it and you guys are stupid. And, like, I kind of like Gat more than her, but I don't really like anyone in this book. But And the doggos. Okay. So, she wants to give this book that her mom used to read to her and Gat to Gat. So, she writes in the book, for Gat with everything, everything Katie. Like, that stupid memory. Who cares? She goes into his disgustingly messy room, which she says is more disgusting than the rest of the house. He isn't there, so she leaves it on his pillow. So, 
Later on, Katie and Gat are on the roof and he asks her if she like has a boyfriend and she uses sarcasm for sympathy. Like, how could ever anyone date someone as messed up as me? We all know girls that do that. He calls her out the same way Mirren did. You say you don't want sympathy, but like clearly you want people to feel sorry for you. So then he talks about how her grandpa was the one that sent her to Europe, which I didn't really put this together, but it's kind of like a duh, because she's like, my dad wouldn't be able to afford this as a professor, and it was this grand trip, and Gat's like, grandpa wouldn't do this for any of his other grandkids, and especially not me, and it's like, well, duh, Gat, you're not even related to them, but whatever. Gat not sitting next to her and stuff, and he's like, you just want sympathy, you're being ridiculous, you got to go to Europe, like, get over yourself, and then she's like, but my migraines hurt so bad, and some days the pain's so bad, I just want him to stop. And then he's like, oh no, I better go hug and love her and kiss her. And then they're in love again because he feels bad for her. So then Mirren is getting sick more and more often. And I'm thinking Mirren's being poisoned, but by who? We don't know. But anyway, so Mirren and Katie are on this beach and she tells Katie that it's not a good idea to mess around with Gat and she'll only hurt him or make things worse. And then Katie's like, or he could hurt me. And she's just selfish over this whole thing. Can't see the big picture about how she's privileged and he's not and so dumb. And she says she doesn't want to be in the box she was for the two years without him because they're 17 and this is the only guy she'll ever love. So salty. So anyways, Mirren says she lied about having a boyfriend because she wants someone to look at her like Gat looks at Caddy, but it's fine and she'll get over it and she's okay with dying alone. I don't know. Mirren's pretty awesome though. I'm just frustrated with this book. I've been talking about it for an hour. Anyways, <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. So Katie's mom calls her to go help chop tomatoes and she talks about how Katie should spend more time with the littles and the grandpa. And then she says that, oh, and your sunburnt. After Katie gave that whole lecture about them wearing suntan lotion, how she's better than everyone, then she ends up sunburnt. Like what a jerk. Okay, 51 through 57. So Katie has another migraine. So she's down and out for like two or three days and she says she's low on pills. And then she's like, my mom's probably always been taking them or maybe the twins are taking them. And then she's like low-key worried that she's taking too much. Uh, News alert, girl, you're probably a drug addict and I don't think your mom's taking your pills, but whatever. She loves to blame her mom for everything. So she's like over her migraine. She goes down to cuddle down and it's a hot mess. And the three liars are all in Mirren's room looking at a Bible. And they're like, oh, it's a Scrabble word argument. And she knows they're lying because the Scrabble pieces haven't moved since she was last there. And then she asked them what they did the past few days. And they're like, we had dinner with the family and then saw fireworks on the boat because it's 4th July weekend. And then they went to a donut shop. And she knows they're lying because one, they don't have dinner they decide they weren't going to have dinner. And then the donut shop only serves these certain types of donuts. And they're like saying they were having other donuts they don't even make. But she knows they're lying. She doesn't understand why. So she's, I guess, has another migraine. And Gat shows up in her room. And he's reading her notes on her ceiling about the questions she has. And she's like, don't read those. And he's like, um, they're kind of out for the world to see. Duh. And she wants to talk about what she can't remember. And he basically says that he cheated on his girlfriend and feels bad about it. And then other times he feels like a victim for wanting the things he can't have, like jealous of the life they have on the island and stuff. So then she whispers, someone did something to me that's too awful to remember. I'm not convinced. And then his response is, I love you. What? Wouldn't you be like, who did what to you? I'm going to go murder him because this is ridiculous. No, he doesn't say any of that. So stupid. So then they make out and then she wakes up at midnight and Gat's gone and she hears crying because I think it's Will or whoever is having a nightmare and she sees her Aunt Carrie walking around outside towards the main house. So... 
this part's stupid, but she finds a Lego set and she wants to give it away to Johnny and he tells her to give it to Will and Will likes it. Boo. That was really pointless. I'm sorry. Okay, so this part's like a little bit interesting. They go kayaking, the liars, and the three of them don't want Caddy, Katie, whoever, to come because they don't want her to get hurt and like mess up her head. Finally, she decides to go. She says she's so desperate to go with them because she wants to be close to them forever. She's so, it's creepy weird how like obsessive she is with everyone but anyways they go to this beach and Mirren's sick so she lays down and the boys climb up to this 25 foot cliff and it's dangerous and there's rocky water but they both jump off of it whatever so katie does it too to show that she's not sick and she's not weak just dumb af apparently and Mirren is full-blown sobbing the boys are telling her not to jump but she does it anyways and she lives and then she talks about alternate universes and in graphic detail for no reason like she talks about her dying johnny being paralyzed and his spine being severed it's so stupid and i hate it and then she talks about them growing like the liars growing apart and she's like but that might already be happening who cares so she has a memory of her aunt carrie crying and wearing johnny's coat which how big is johnny it's kind of weird. She goes over to cuddle down to ask Mirren about this memory, but Mirren's like, I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't remember the aunt doing that. So then Katie asks what happened before the accident, and she said that Penny, which is Katie's mom, said the doctor said to leave it alone and that some of the memories should come back on their own. She finally says, okay, Katie, what's your best guess of what happened? So Katie says, my best guess is that I was a victim and that I was raped or attacked. Okay. She says this because she has memory loss and people lose their memory for traumatic incidents, which is true. But like you also hit your head on a rock doesn't mean like something horrific happened. I'm not going to feel bad to her until I can actually confirm she's a victim. Anyway, so Mirren says, I don't know what to tell you, but it was a messed up summer and that's all I can say. So then Katie's like, so is that why you never leave Cuddle Down? And she's like, if you felt this sick all the time, you wouldn't leave either. And Katie says to us, well, I feel worse than her, but I guess I get it. Okay. Um, there's no way you know if your pain's worse than hers. And like, just because your pain is worse doesn't mean her pain's not bad. It's stupid and self-centered BS. But she doesn't bring up her migraines for once, thank God. And then she suggests that they tell Bess to take Mirren to the doctor. But Mirren's like, no, it's just a cold. I can't kick. She's being poisoned. I'm like super convinced. But by who? Okay, so there's a memory of a large swing and the liars are all sitting on it and they're spinning around and they were laughing so hard they felt sick. And that's that stupid memory she had of them laughing where she didn't know what they were. So she goes to like the actual swing and she sees a note that says for Caddy and there's more than a dozen dried beach roses fell out. So Gat must have gotten her book and then left her roses. I don't care about this. I'm over this dysfunctional teenage romance. Where is the murder and mystery? Okay, you guys. So this was the last chapter of this part three and this is where i was going to end the podcast but it's one of those stupid fairy tales so we're not ending on this <sighs> so the mouse from her previous story is unloved by the king and queen they set him off to go out into the world and she basically says that he wanted to return one day to burn the whole place to the ground it's like super dramatic and weird okay so here's a bonus chapter for you guys because i couldn't end on that part four is called look a fire so I'm just going to do chapter 58 and then we're going to end it. So she has a memory of them, the four liars burning down the Claremont, which is the main house. She said, me, Johnny, Gat, and Mirren set the fire. Then she remembers falling into the water and coming up out of the water, breathing and seeing the Claremont burning. And then present day, she talks about how the main house was a symbol for the family, like the original main house. And they did what they were afraid to do and they burned it to the ground when everyone was off the island. Okay, guys, I'm really sorry to end on this, but I think that's how the doggos died. 
I think the grandma's two doggos died in the fire because it would make sense that they were in the house and then the grandpa said they didn't suffer long. So if you didn't think this author was a complete monster trash monger, they killed off two dogs for no reason. Okay, let's get into my lingering. I'm over there. <sighs> Thank God. This is not even a lingering question. There's nothing in this book that points to this, but this is something I think would be super cool and shocking. If Gat was somehow related to the family and that's why the grandpa was like, don't hook up with my daughter because you're actually like half cousins or something. Because in the last fairy tale, it talks about how the mouse was the son of one of the queens, which we know Gat has a mom, but that's not one of the sisters. But there's nothing to say that the mom, Gat's mom, didn't like at some point hook up with like one of the husbands or like Katie's dad because he obviously has cheated on his wife before. And then maybe that's how the aunt met the uncle, like Gat's uncle or something. That'd be insane. But I don't think that's what happened. I'm just saying. And then I also think someone's going to die because of this inheritance situation. And I was thinking maybe even the, the liars could die because they're like, they all say like everything's gonna go to Katie like the kids would eventually inherit it I don't know but that would be cool I'm kind of hoping someone dies I'm wondering if Tipper was murdered I don't think she was but all the ants wanted to fight over the stuff so maybe one of them did it who knows maybe who was walking around outside aunt whoever maybe aunt Carrie did it who knows okay I don't think Katie was a victim of a crime or anything if anything she's the perpetrator she burnt down a house and killed two dogs so the liars are capable of anything at this point. I hope they murder everybody and call it a day and then they keep the island to themselves. But I also think like they might end up murdered because she talks about them staying young forever and stay on the island or whatever. Like maybe that's a hint of them being murdered. This was actually my husband's theory. The night of the head injury, Katie and Gat were hooking up on that flat rock or whatever. And that would explain why she was in her underwear. And then maybe she like fell off and he thought she like drowned or maybe he dragged her to the beach and was like gonna go find help. But then he was like, uh, everyone be mad I hooked up with her. Who knows? Or maybe they like hooked up and then she said something and then he like swam off and then she fell in or something. Who knows? So I think I've said it like 15 times. I think Mirren's being poisoned. I also don't think Katie has a head injury because it didn't show up on any of the scans. It's not impossible, but something else is causing this. I'm wondering, okay, so this is an actually lingering question. Why was Aunt Carrie looking for Johnny? It talks about her being like broken down, like crying over it in the memory. And I was like, was she worried he was hurt? Was she worried he was in the house during the fire or something? And then I said, is this book truly a mystery and will there be a murder? Or is it just a bunch of rich white people fighting over possessions? And the most important question is, will I ever get back the time I wasted reading this book? Probably not. It's gone forever. I'm so sad. So thanks for sticking with me through all of this. I hope I at least made it entertaining for you, more entertaining than it was for me to read the book. You can find me on Instagram and let me know if you read this book, if you love it, if you hate it, if you just want to give a shout out to your favorite pirate, then you can find me at the Jolly Reader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can see what actually happens in this book. If it ends up being a murder, you'll get notifications for the new episodes and you can enjoy my future misery in this next episode about finishing this book. Ugh. Leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts because that helps people find this podcast. And the more reviews, the more it'll pop up for people. Please, please, please share. Share with people that can read, can't read, like to read, hate to read. I don't care. Share. Stay tuned for the outtakes. I'm sure I'll have to cut out a bunch of my rants throughout this. So it should be pretty interesting this week. And I will talk to you in two weeks and we can get over this so I never have to think about this book ever again.
Until we sail again, this has been the Jolly Reader Bone Voyage. Hey, you made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. Testing, is my mic on? Mari, you're really irritated. I don't like this book. Worst book ever. I'm gonna try really hard not to complain this entire time. Let's check this. Near, um, why can't I think of what it's called? Oh. And the main character, the narrator is Cadence and everyone calls her Caddy. So I'll probably just call her that. Katie, I don't, it's C-A-D, Tooties? I don't even know. Hold on. When Caddy, not Caddy. And then this is where I say, I would rather hear about boring Nicole falling off a cliff. And then, did I skip like the best part? Hold on one second. Okay. Also, side story about pigs. So we're removing um, the spring. I looked it up because we have dogs and cats and I wanted to make sure there weren't like weird laws and regulations. And they say that you can own miniature pigs so i'm gonna be getting on that to try to get my husband to buy as a miniature pig but i'll never be able to eat bacon again so we'll see how that works out okay miniature pigs back to it i feel triggered okay me and my husband we super spoil our daughter she's my only child so maybe i just feel triggered okay dramatic brain injury injury wow injure and her uh, katie's i think i said cat again oops okay and I, what the heck? Oh, okay. So chapter 24, they get off the boat. Oh, I don't know why I did that. Cause we're not going chapter to chapter. Okay. Just a title. I hate that. My God. He's not a possession. And if it was the other way around, wouldn't we think it was kind of shady? I'm trying not to get into this. Okay. Are 10 years old. Excuse me. And he compares their situation, her, the, the grandpa is bragging about cat. Uh, I can't even say her name. So her, uh, her and what? What? Hold on a second. <clears throat> oh, okay. Ugh, I don't know. She writes in it. Poor cat with my everything, everything. Waffles, stop it. Waffles is walking on a baggie. Get off. Waffles is a cat. Okay. And he. Waffles, stop eating and eating. I hate this cat. Okay. I don't. He's like. My, my little child. Okay. But, oh, is this it? Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah. We're at the end, hopefully. <sighs> and she asked Katie, what's your best guess? Because she's like playing charades with her basically about it. Like, not charades. Playing, I don't know, hangman, I guess. Like in that episode of The Office. <laughs> no, that's Scrubs. In that episode of Scrubs. Okay. Anyways, cutting all this out. Okay. So she, the night of her head injury... He thinks that cat or why cat because of the last book. Katie, sorry. I don't okay, sorry, Katie. We know who I'm talking about now. Katie's a victim. Not a victim. Katie's not a victim. Okay. Tell your friends, family, ex-boyfriends. No, don't contact your ex-boyfriend. I don't care. Share it with everyone you know. Tell your dog. Uh I am Allie. And you were with me to my mom.